Blog Talk Radio. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army.
The idea of dialogue. Truthful dialogue that gets us past the media manipulation of persons, events, and the truths of persons and events. I'm grateful to have an opportunity to talk to your audience as well as my own because I felt that I've been talking to black people for 60 or more years and black people understand me pretty well. But white people don't know me and may not understand me. Now, black people, I know because I'm black and I've come up from among my people. But to have a chance now to speak to a white audience, mainly who may be conservative in their culture and thoughts and desires, and for me to be able to represent the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to that group and answer questions that they are interested in hearing a truthful answer to, then by this dialogue and these cameras and looking into each other's eyes and understanding that we're two people interested in truth. We're two people that live in the greatest nation on this earth, but the nation is not now what it could be if truth unfettered would be given to the American. Okay, folks, I want to apologize. I was just told that y'all was not able to hear me, so I do apologize for that. So let me just go ahead and just welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is Five Smooth Stones coming at you with a special program tonight. And again, I apologize. There's always some technical going on here, but I heard that you did hear the first clip. And uh, just wanted to just say tonight, tonight, tonight is going to be uh, a show where we're going to be discussing the one and only Donald Trump, or should I say President-elect Donald Trump. Tonight's show is dedicated to post-election activity centered around Donald Trump. We're going to be talking about Steve Bannon tonight and Brad Bart. We're going to be talking about Louis Farrakhan and uh, Alex Jones. This has become a very popular interview on the Internet. Can you imagine Alex Jones, the one and only Mr. Conspiracy himself, who's done all types of research on this country, uh, unveiling all types of things that's going on in our government. He's sitting on a white gentleman sitting down with black Louis Farrakhan, the Muslim, the outspoken uh, Million Man March, the one and only. And uh, these two uh, voices, big voices in this country, sit down to talk about some solutions about where we're going. And that's what I just played. I thought you heard me introduce you, but that was is what you just heard. So um, that was just the 
part one. We'll go ahead and play some other clips. We won't be playing just clips tonight. I have a guest in the house. I'll bring him on in a second. So i got to cover some things that I thought I covered earlier, but my mic was, uh, there was some issues. So I'm going to move really fast, friends and family. Again, thank you for tuning in to this important show tonight. So much hope, uh, so much fear, so much pain, so much uh, anxiety and worry about what's going on in our nation. So I thought I would do a show tonight and allow people to just call in and just force their concerns and, and give uh, whatever solutions and and the things that the Father's put in them. Um, we have our own personal testimonies, but we also have history of our nation as, as African Americans, if that's what you want to call yourselves. And uh, I think we Israelites, but that's another conversation. But uh, as a people a nation within a nation, we have already testimonies of us surviving under Pharaoh, under Jim Crow, under slavery, and tonight we want to reflect on any of our victories as a nation within this nation to glean encouragement, inspiration, and just strength. Folks, we are not despondent. We are not hopeless. We are not just going to be just handled any old kind of way by Donald Trump or any old body else. We belong to the Most High, and if we believe that and trust in Him, we will survive. But we're going to get more to that in a little bit. Let me just go over the show's description. I'm going to read pretty fast here because, again, I read this earlier, but you guys didn't hear me. It's not fair to you, so I'll read it again. But earlier I typed this for the show's description. I went on to say, Friends and family, you are invited to a public show tonight. I went on to say that this uh, special blog show tonight featuring Louis Farrakhan and Alex Jones. I went on to say that they speak wisely on Trump's uh, on Trump before uh, he was chosen uh, president-elect. I say tonight we further discuss the U.S. choice of a white supremacist as their next president in this home of the free. Also, we discuss. Um, I say also, we discussed how a week later, Trump chose another white supremacist, Steve Bannon of Greibart, who has been outspoken about keeping America white and race mixing. Many Americans are fearful and ancient, while many immigrants are uncertain about their future in their new home. Tonight we ask why. We discuss blacks and whites who saw Trump racist behavior for over a year, yet still chose him and why. We also going to discuss tonight prophetic voices that cries out that this must be fulfilled in America that the, to bring the U.S. to their knees and to awaken the sleepy true Jews. That's African Americans. Lastly, I type others say America has chosen the one to destroy their reputation and power finally. So, did, 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 is that what happened? America finally, I mean, uh, has chosen the one tyrant to destroy them, to destroy their power and reputation? Well, we'll talk about that tonight. So tonight, then, we have solutions. We have solutions, and... Uh, uh, and just one more thing, and I'm going to go to the phone lines and we can bring on my guests. But I talked earlier also, of course my mic was muted, about the purpose of the show. And the purpose of this show is to expose the lies, the lies, the lies, lies, layers of lies to divide us and conquer us, uh, to expose deception, half-life, half-truth. 
uh, this, to expose ignorance among our people. This man in office, among I'm talking about Americans, uh, put him in office blindly, ignorance, and also talk about some force, some American uh, American activities, uh, activity, activities done by our nation. That's just straight up aggression, just r- racist aggression. We're going to talk about that, how we got to this point, and then we're going to talk about some solutions. We're going to hopefully open the phone lines and listen to some of you talk about some solutions you feel the Father is saying and uttering at this time. Um, also, we're going to provide. Um, uh, we're gonna just we're gonna just share some testimonies and some things, uh, history uh, notes, uh, things that you might want to just make aware, of, remind yourself about history. Because remember, everything is repeating. Uh, every, nothing new under the sun, and we're repeating, repeating, repeating everything. And it takes a prophet, a man of God, to look out over these. Really, anyone that has the eye to see and have a heart to hear. They can just study history and and, and 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 know the signs of the time by just being aware of our history. These things are what we're doing tonight to gleam hope, to gleam encouragement for our people. Again, a lot of people are fearful, full of anxiety, just done with America. A lot of people walking dead. I've seen it. I have never seen this much gloominess since 911. So let's do this. Let's go to the phone lines and go ahead and open, and open up the phone lines. Eric code five. Excuse me. Eric code eight one seven seven seven. Oh brother, are you there? Brother, Ellis, show you there. Hold on one second, folks. Brother Ellis, are you there? Hello, hello. Hold on, folks. Got another little difficulty here. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm gonna, I think he's going to call back. I saw him, and I want to thank every single one of y'all for being early on the phone lines again. I really appreciate it when you're here early like this. Again, I apologize for the mic situation earlier. But I just thank every single one of you, family and friends that are on the phone lines already early. We really appreciate that. And we're starting a little slow, but we're going to get it going here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do this while Brother Elishua is calling back. I'm going to go ahead and start the second clip where Farrakhan actually talks about uh, 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 Trump. Okay, here we go. We got him back. Let's, we can go ahead. That was quick. Okay, Brother Elishua, you there? Area code 81770. Are you there? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. I don't know what happened. Just a little difficulty tonight with this with these phone lines. But how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing tonight, Chef? Oh man, I'm okay. Just can't I hate it when these when things don't work out technical wise, but we're gonna just keep on going hundred miles an hour because we got so much to cover. Uh I was just t- talking and just reading a show's description but you know a lot about Steve Bannon. We want to talk about him and Farrakhan and, and, and just solutions, Brother Elishore, just things to really um, shed some light. Uh, I, I, folks, I was talking to this brother earlier, and he is very humble, but I'm telling you, this brother here know a lot about what's going on in um, this political arena right about now. And uh, I'm not going to hold him any further. I'm going to go ahead and let him let him loose on y'all. 
But let's start off. Let's start off, brother LSU, with this question, okay? Let's start off with this question. Many people believe that this is a sign of the of God that this man won this election. That God put like a a blindness on America for a second, so to speak, and allowed this man to creep in and become president, so that this man will go in and and do what's in his heart to do, just like Pharaoh, nothing to do under the sun. But the persecution, like I played the, the clip earlier of, of Ezekiel 37, of the dry bones, and, uh, and, and, and it, in the end, the father did say, this is Israel. This is the true Israelites. But they were very dry. They were very many. They was one connected. They was not a nation. It was just all just separated like we are. But he said, begin to prophesy onto the bones, begin to prophesy. And the scripture says there came a wind, and the wind began to beat on the bones, and they took on sinews and, and flesh and just became a mighty nation. I played that because I believe this is where we're at as a people within this nation. I know people say, what do you mean a nation within a nation? We're Americans. This is our nation. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. We can't get into it tonight. Tonight is about tonight is a show where we don't want to hit. We want to. We don't really want to even talk about scriptures. We want. To, we don't want to have a Bible study on how we know Israel. That's not what this is about. You'll have to find some older shows on that. We want to talk about how that God did chastise His people. And we believe we're going through the same thing. Some of you may not believe or ascribe to this whole philosophy of black folks being original Jews. Okay, I understand. But why would the most how allow a people as us to be brought here in this country? Go through the things we go through. Let me just bring on Brother Elisha. I'm going to let him kind of answer that. But what do you think of Ezekiel 37 and African Americans? Don't you see a correlation there? What do you think of that, Brother? Brother Elisha, hold on one second. Uh, some kind of way his line went. Okay, let's try it again. Brother Elisha, now your line is open. I guess you hung up again and called back, but go ahead. Hello? There we go again. Well, folks, let's do this. I'm going to go ahead and play the clip by Louis Farrakhan, because this is what I was going to do next. Now, he is going to be talking about... Um, uh, uh, listen to this man talk about Trump, and then by that time we'll have this straightened out with the whole phone lines. Okay, I'm not gonna hold it, hold you guys. Uh, um, not gonna shortchange you. I'm gonna go ahead and let you hear what he has to say. But this is a must here. This is Louis Farrakhan talking about Trump. Listen to what this man has to say. We'll be right back, folks. Is this global governance at last? Is it one world, the central bankers in charge? They boldly declare, we run this. What should be the proper relationship between a chairman of the Fed and a president of the United States? Well, first of all, the Federal Reserve is an independent agency, and that means basically that there is no other agency of government which can overrule actions that we take. That is such an incredible statement. I mean, that's the real rulers right there in my opinion. So long as that is in place and there is 
there's no evidence that the administration or the Congress or anybody else is requesting that we do things other than what we think is the appropriate thing, then what the relationships are don't frankly matter. The Fed is an independent, sometimes very independent organization over there. But aren't we all just living and dying for what the central banks do? Of course we are. We are absolutely slaves to central banks. And for the American people to think that a black man in the White House has taken over this country, that is so far from the truth. Unfortunately, you've grown up hearing voices that incessantly warn of government as nothing more than some separate sinister entity that's at the root of all our problems. Because he's just the CEO of USA Inc. and they can either hire him or fire him, but he's not in control. You should reject these voices. But we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. This is why John Kennedy was killed. He understood the conspiracy. And as far back as the founding fathers of this nation, they knew that there would be those who would try to take over a private central bank. Who cares who the politicians are, Mr. Rothschild said, as long as they control the wealth. So they bankrolled both sides of a conflict and ended up... stuck in places like Bohemian Grove. I've been attacked at political demonstrations, been arrested many times. But I gotta say, this is probably the most surreal drive I've ever made to go meet someone that I'm gonna be interviewing. Louis Farrakhan. Our government has gone into nations with money from our Congress to stimulate the dissatisfied and then arm them against a government that is their government. That's what America did in Libya. That's what they're doing in Syria. And the blowback now is they have created a refugee crisis that is destabilizing the countries in Europe. So when Mr. Uh, Trump said, um, we can't uh, allow these Muslims refugees into America. Now, a lot of people were upset with him, but I know, um, sir, that the hatred for America in the Muslim world is building, as we told Mr. Bush, no Muslim leader could call for jihad and have it stick. 
No Muslim leader had the power to unite the whole Muslim world. I said, but America's policies will unite those people against the West, and it is happening. So in this way, Mr. Trump, I think, is wise to vet anyone coming from that area into America because the hatred for America is in the streets now. So if those people are refugees and America feels I got to let 10,000 of them in because America created the problem. Now, if you let them in and you don't vet them carefully, you might be letting in your own destruction. When we dialogue, we correct misperceptions. That is what makes Trump acceptable to so many white people who feel, damn, I can't be myself now. I can't say what I really feel. I'll pay a political price. So Mr. Trump says, to heck with that. I'll tell you what's on my mind. And that is freeing a lot of people that like what he is doing. So the politicians today, I, I looked at the many Republicans and Democrats that are trying to win the nomination of their party. And it says to me, you know, it's like a, I don't want to be vulgar, but it's like you, in any major city, you see women undressed, showing their wares for a John to buy them. And it's like politicians who don't have money but have ideas, and they parade themselves before rich and powerful people to get money apparently for their ideas that the rich agree with, but the moment that they become what they're looking to become, they find that the rich have an agenda for them, that the rich have something to ask of them like the John asks of the prostitute. And that's one of the things that I admire about Mr. Trump because he told them all, I don't want your money. And when a politician does not want money from the rich, he's freer than the others to really do good for the masses of the people. And I think that today, we are in the midst of the darkest hour in American history. And so if we don't make the right move with the right people at the right time, the America that we know, we're not going to see it become great again. like that your way, but I just want to just play a little bit of what Farrakhan had to say about Trump. And I think we got the phone lines. So I'm going to go to the phone lines. Uh, Brother Ellis, are you there? Yes, sir. 
Okay, what did you think of what you just heard? Um, I agree uh, to a great extent. Um, I believe that there's a backdrop to what uh, Farrakhan was alluding to that many people are unaware of and that that needs to be understood so that we can see the whole context. Here's the thing. Farrakhan is speaking from a social political perspective for the most part. He does make reference to scripture. But this is what I contend, that we're at a time where we have so much information coming our way from so many different sources that the only way we can rest assured that we're hearing clearly is we hear from the most high. Now, I'm not saying that we need to hear a word because the word has already been provided for us. And that's why we have the prophecy. Um, you made he made a he he made a reference to uh, the nation and judgment, uh, brother Seth. I think that you um, made a comment to that regard as well as far as the election of Donald Trump. Uh, to put this thing in context, we have to go to the scripture because I myself I, I'm able to explain it any other way. That's just my orientation. I'm of the belief. I believe that you are as well, and probably many of your listeners that the country that we live in, United States of America, uh, is identified in Scripture as Mystery Babylon. When we take that in context, then we don't have to do a lot of guessing. We can go by the blueprint of what the book says and then see how all of these things are fitting in. Now, we must understand who Donald Trump is. Donald Trump is not just a billionaire. Very few people know the history of Donald Trump's family. Donald Trump's family is wealthy because he came to wealth doing very much the same thing that Donald Trump's now, which is real estate. What most people are not aware of is that Donald Trump's grandfather and his father as well were Ku Klux Klan. Donald Trump's father was arrested in New York, I believe it was in 1949, for being involved in a conflict between the Ku Klux Klan and about a thousand of them in uh, a conflict with the New York City police. Seven of those Klansmen were apprehended and arrested. Hello? Hello? Okay, I think we lost him again. <laughs> well, that's okay because, folks, I was getting ready to go to, I was going to ask him to, uh, let's play another clip. I wanted to know he thought of another clip. So we'll just go ahead and play this second clip. And this is another clip by, um, we got, again, we're going to be playing some clips. This is going to be mostly live. I want to get these clips up. We've got like three more after this, and they're only like two minutes each. But uh, you got to hear this, folks. This is Alex Sean again talking about Donald Trump, some things that you're just not going to hear on ABC, CBS, CNN. So you're hearing it right here on Five Smooth Stones. So while the brother's calling me back, we just having one of those nights where technical this, technical that, but luckily we got these clips here. And I'm going to go ahead and play this, and so we won't have to play it later. But check this out, folks, and we'll be right back. I'd like to speak some more, if you would, about Donald Trump. Well, I said recently that um, if the American people voted for Trump, he could take them into the abyss of hell. He's free. He's rich. He hates political correctness, and rightly so. 
But he said some things that I would hope that he would get around him persons who could help him. Because as a businessman, par excellence, he has people around him to help him do business. But if he says, let's go in to Iraq and take the oil, that puts him in the class of those neoconservatives who had a project for a new American century. And they wrote to Bill Clinton and Trent Lott, and they talked about attacking Iraq and taking out Saddam Hussein, not just because he may be in their eyes a dictator and was once on the payroll of the CIA in the war against uh, Iran and Ayatollah Khomeini, but he had become a thorn in their sides and they wanted to get rid of him. He kind of become a Trump. He was doing his own thing. Yes. That was his crime. And that is the crime of those who refuse to come under the control of the IMF or the World Bank, who send these people like Mr. Perkins in his book, The, um, the Tales of an Economic Hitman, who would go into a small country and tell them how they could improve this and that, but they would have to borrow money. When I was in Nigeria, President Abacha told me that they came to him and offered him billions of dollars to loan. And Mr. Abacha said, I don't need your money because the oil that we have is sufficient to get us to do all the good things that we want to do. Well, a few years later, he's dead. Well, now here, Mr. Trump, if he would look at this project for an American century, and I'm sure you have read uh, their writings where they appeal to Bill Clinton to uh, get rid of Saddam as part of America's foreign policy. He didn't go along with it. And those members of the new American century now got into the inside of government under the Bush administration. And uh, Dr., I mean, General Wesley Clark, he said he was introduced to a memo in, I think it was 2001, a memo that came from the neoconservatives that they wanted regime change in seven Islamic countries in five years' time. And it started with um, Iraq and Saddam Hussein, then Syria and Bashar al-Assad, then Lebanon, then Sudan, then um, uh, Iran, and then Libya. All of those countries now are boiling with internal 
Strike. And and it's a conspiracy, a public one of PNAC, to go in, destabilize, put radicals in, uh, kill the non-radicals, go after the Christians, all of this, to then foment a collapse, flood Europe with all these refugees. Some of them will end up being attackers. And then you get an even bigger war on Islam. It's all part of that master plan. You're absolutely right. Trump contradicts himself. And I don't think through being ungenuine, he says, don't go into Iraq. It's a bad idea. But then he says, but let's do what the neocons say and take the oil. I mean, not putting words in your mouth, uh, Minister Farrakhan, but are you saying you're attracted to the fact that he is a maverick and that he says what he's really thinking, but at the same time, you're saying he needs to get the bigger picture to understand what's going on. If he goes into Iraq and takes the oil, that's a kind of a thuggish um, mentality. America has the power to do these things, but it will not bring the results that America desires. Bush and the neocons, when they went into Iraq, I warned President Bush that what you are doing and the way you are doing it, you will increase terrorism, you will not diminish it. It proved my words to him, proved correct. And I warned him that the coalition would fall apart from him and he would ultimately have to go it alone. Now, here is our president. Now I'm talking about Barack Obama because the job that President Bush started was not finished. So in comes Obama. And, in, and in, when he was campaigning, he was a new and fresh and beautiful idea, but when he gets into office, he becomes the extension of the policies of the neoconservatives. They surrounded Bush, they surrounded um, Barack Obama, and now just uh, two weeks ago in Washington, there was all of these people who are behind the drones. And they were saying that in these drones that go out to kill people that America feels are a threat to their policies, none of that happens without Barack Obama's signature. So you took a man. We gave you the best that we had, but you took him, you gave him the peace prize, and then the neocons and the, that shadow government begins to guide the policies of America. And now here's what we have. Now, I'm going to come back to Mr. Trump in a minute. Hillary Clinton was the biggest um, advocate for the destruction of Libya and Muammar Gaddafi. Gaddafi was my friend. I know him as a revolutionary. He was against America's foreign policy objectives, and he stood out. That man died. 
but he led his country, they had no debt. There's no country on earth that doesn't have debt, but Libya didn't have debt. Libya gave some of the oil money back to all the citizens. Libya armed the whole country and had depots where if anything happened, they could go and get arms. A man who is a despot does not arm his people that they can be manipulated to come against him. But the moment he gave up his weapons of mass destruction to come in out of the cold, who came to Libya? It was Richard Pearl, <laughs> who was the uh, great uh, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. And where did he go? He went directly to Benghazi because it was from Benghazi that uh, Gaddafi overthrew the king. He's from uh, that area of the world. So now they never did like Gaddafi, so they started stimulating the upset, the unrest, the dissatisfaction. And I don't care how good any leader is, there's always dissatisfaction in every house. Well, absolutely. But and our government mm -hmm. has gone into nations with money from our Congress to stimulate the dissatisfied and then arm them against a government that is their government. That's what America did in Libya. That's what they're doing in Syria. And the blowback now is they have created a refugee crisis that is destabilizing the countries in Europe. So when Mr. Uh, Trump said, um, we can't uh, allow these Muslims refugees into America. Now, a lot of people were upset with him, but I know, um, sir, that the hatred for America in the Muslim world is building, as we told Mr. Bush, no Muslim leader could call for jihad and have it stick. No Muslim leader had the power to unite the whole Muslim world. I said, but America's policies will unite those people against the West, and it is happening. So in this way, Mr. Trump, I think, is wise to vet anyone coming from that area into America because the hatred for America is in the streets now. So if those people are refugees and America feels I got to let 10,000 of them in because America created the problem. Now, if you let them in and you don't vet them carefully, you might be letting in your own destruction. I'll close that, uh, Mr. Jones, with scripture. In the book of Revelations, it talks about Babylon falling. Ancient Babylon we know, but there's a mystery Babylon that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says represents America, 
and her dominance in the world. And it falls in one hour. I'm sorry? It falls in one hour, doesn't it? Yes. Now, here we have Babylon falling. Mr. Trump says, I want to make America great again. The American people know that something is wrong because the country is not what it once was, doesn't have the influence that it once had, and even though militarily it is the strongest nation on the earth, it's $19 trillion in debt. It can never pay that debt. So 57% of the budget goes to produce more and more weapons because that's the only way America can threaten China, who America has borrowed trillions of dollars from. If China calls the debt, what happens to America and the dollar? The dollar is weak, as you know, and it started with the loss of the congressional mandate in the Constitution to mint the money. There's so much conspiracy that we could be here all day, but I'll close with this, sir. Babylon is fallen, it says, and has become a habitation of devils and a hole for every uh, wicked uh, spirit and a cage for every unclean and hateful bird. My teacher said, Babylon is America, and the devil means that all of us are in rebellion against the divine laws of God. Whatever God said thou shalt not do in America, you're free to do it. So whether we like the appellation. Okay, folks, and that's just a sample of Farrakhan. I think we may have one more clip, but I want to go to the phone lines, have our guests back. We've got the phone line straight now, and I'm anxious to hear what, you, what he has to say about what he just heard. Okay, Brother Elishua, go ahead, uh, and I'd love to know what you – oh, and folks, let me back up. We're moving a little too fast. Again, we got kind of tripped up by the whole technical difficulties. But Brother Elishua, go ahead and kind of introduce yourself, really, if you don't mind, because we was going a little fast and let everybody know how to get a hold of you, what you've been doing, because you are a big voice on Facebook, I know, it just kind of, uh, we was just moving a little too fast earlier, let everybody know who you are, and then I'd like you to comment on what you just heard. Okay, uh, for the most part, I think that, except that it's been, unless there are new callers on the line, I think uh, for the they most are. part, okay, well, let me say this, that uh, I am a minister, uh, been called to the ministry and functioning in it for probably for about 20 years now. Um, as you know, Seth, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. I attended Oral Roberts University. I'm alumni there, majoring in church history and theology and minor in political science. Uh, for the last 20 years, I've been engaged in research and investigating, for the most part, things that have to do with evangelical Christianity. Um, also, as well, I've, um, I did ghostwriting for a long time. That was my um, <clears throat> livelihood. Uh, now I am preparing things uh, to in in the form of writing. 
that probably will What kind be of ghostwriting you did? Who you ghostwrite for? What kind of things you did? What kind of projects you did? Um, at that time, I did ghostwriting for a, a number of what you would say well-known popular ministries in the evangelical circle, Bishop P.D. Jake, Smiles Monroe, uh, D.L. Turner, uh, a few other people, uh, Juanita Bynum, um, uh, and, and that was... And, and that was for what company? What who was? And that was for Numa Life Publishing Company, a company out of Bakersfield, California, now located in Lanham, Maryland. Darwin, Darwin, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. want to say that because uh, fam- family and friends, this brother don't like to toot his own horns, and there's a whole lot of other authors he goes to written for. But those names, I knew y'all would know. He don't want to even mention that I had to ask him. But this brother been around. He's been around. But go ahead, go ahead with the intro. Yeah, and so, and as I said, my minor was in political science, which is where I developed an interest in politics and how politics function, and especially how they function in this nation. Um, One of the things that I was particularly distraught with in the course of this election is how informed the public is about how the politics and government in America work. Most people are under the impression that a popular vote elects a president. When in actuality, it is an electoral college that determines who is going to be the president. They're the one who casts the vote. Now, the most amazing thing about that that really, really I find disconcerting is that 95% of the American public have no idea who those people are that are in the electoral college. Uh, Farrakhan, they're mentioning about a shadow government, and we'll get to that later because here's the thing. We're dealing with about three levels of issues here tonight, just in what Farrakhan has covered. First, I want to go back to what I was discussing within the area of Donald Trump, because that's right now who you really need to be concerned about, who this man is. Because I, again, am appalled that so many people voted for Donald Trump and have no idea who Donald Trump is. Now, if you recall, when... Barack Obama was running for the presidency, as well as George Bush, as well as Bill Clinton, that prior to the election, they did a profile on them and their family, not just their immediate family, which is what they've done with Donald Trump, but their father and mother and their roots as well. They did not do that in this election in regards to Donald Trump, and the reason being is because they were concealing information. And the information that they were concealing, which was actually a major bombshell, which is that all indicators point to the fact that Donald Trump has Ku Klux Klan's association. His father was a Klansman. He was arrested in New York for participating in a, ra- in a conflict against the New York City police. And there's been a number of lawsuits that were filed against him because he did not rent to people of color. As well, there are lawsuits against Donald Trump, who also – uh, came to be uh, determined that he was doing discrimination in regards to people of color. So, but that's just, in a sense, just the covering. The more disconcerting fact is where we come in with the issue of banning. Banning, banning is, for all intents and purposes, he ran a major uh, radio program just like, um, oh, God, I can't think of the guy's name, real popular, but... Right, that's the name of the program. But I was actually thinking of one of these um, news talk radio host shows because his is very similar to that. Now, here's a oh, question. Oh, Rush, Rush Limbaugh. I put out, 
Yeah, Rush Limbaugh. Yes, he he, he started like a he was like a Rush Limbaugh, and he was the one who headed up the this radio network. Now, here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna put this question out there. I know you all can't answer it, but I want you to think on something. When last time you seen a neo-Nazi publicly rallying, marching? When last time you seen a Ku Klux Klan rallying and marching? Um, skinheads rallying and marching? You haven't, have you? Because just like David Duke, during the 80s, they repackaged themselves. And Banning is literally, if you would say, he is the voice of what they call the outer right. In other words, an alternative right. Uh, extreme conservative. Now, if you're familiar with anything in the formulation of this country, that it was the extreme conservative party that which maintained Jim Crow, after that segregation, they are the greatest proponents of what you would consider white supremacy, uh, white supremacist culture. As a matter of fact, I was listening to a clip today in which they were interviewing a person discussing banning and the program that he is over, and they said, well, you people are proponents of promoting white supremacy, uh, white privilege, what have you, and that's what you mean when you say we want our country back, which is absolutely true. Now, what he did is he tried to repackage it and say, no, I wouldn't say that we promote white supremacy. We promote Western supremacy. And that's nothing more than a code word for white supremacy if you understand what white supremacy is. Now, many of you have listened to Seth uh, for quite some time, and I would be remiss to believe that there are a great deal of people on this line who do not understand what white supremacy is. I'm not associating white supremacy with just racism. Uh, that's what you think of when you think of the Ku Klux Klan. You think of racism. If you were educated in America and you have not done anything consciously to challenge that education for all intents and purposes, regardless of your ethnicity, you are a white supremacy. Because what that's you true. do is you promote West, you promote American Western values. And yes, I'm going to go there, including including Christianity. Yeah, I'm with and you. Let me kind of let me, let me because, piggyback and, off and, that. Because, and hold on, hold on, because I don't want I don't want people I don't want to get people to get confused when I say Christianity. Because I make a I make a a conspicuous distinction between the church and Christianity, and that has to be known because Christianity has been used as an arm of white supremacy. That's why I come whenever you look at any of the books. Remember, I said my my major was in theology and church history. I'm familiar with the church from its inception to the present. And I'm also aware that Christianity 280 years after Christ had died and resurrected and ascended to the Father. Now, the church was born upon his ascension, but not Christianity. The Bibles that you read where it has Christianity in it, that word is not in the original translation that was put in the original text that was put there by the translators about 400 years later. So, again, when we're discussing white supremacy, we're discussing the idolization and the promoting of all things Western and European. That, my friends, is white supremacy. And, and I understand that white add supremacy. A little something on oh, that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I just want to add this, too, because when I first started to my white supremacy, my wife and I, it was so offensive to our psyche because we live in a world where we're so full of it, and we we really was full of it. I'm talking about Arlene and I. So we wouldn't even say it to each other. We would just say white suit. 
W-SUP. When we would be talking in public, we would just say white soup, and we know what each other mean by that. It's, it's serious, folks. He just said it right, properly. If you have not went and studied the wonderful things about melanated people, if you didn't go to a college or you was not firmly educated about the glories of Africa past the 6,000 years, you know they only go back 6,000 years, when white people disappear out of history, that's when they don't teach it any further. They don't go no further back. They might talk about some some uh, dinosaurs or something like that, but they don't talk about it too much. Everything is white. If you don't have an education talking about the glory of that dark skin, and you just get a formal education, just a regular education, regular history, regular everything, you are a white supremacist. This is what the father showed me, and I want him to finish, but I just got to say this because it sounds hard what he just said, the way he just left it out there like that. But he's absolutely positively right. That's what God showed me. What is education, Seth? And I start quoting Howard, Yale. That's the education. That's white supremacy. Education don't care. Knowledge don't care what head he jump on. You don't have to be at Yale to be smart. You can be in a black college. You can be at home school. You can be. Knowledge don't care what head he jumps in. But we think anything white is better, superior, first, earliest, last longer, best neighbors. Now, truth of the matter is, a lot of our people have been turned inside out psychologically, and they are do have bad neighbors and all that. But wherever you can find somebody that's dirty, black, white, black, you can find somebody white just as dirty. And you can find somebody black even nicer than any whites that you ever met. So he is absolutely positively right. Educating this country, and you don't know anything about Africa, don't know anything about melanin, don't know anything about why you, what dark skin is, how the whole earth is full of melanin, how everything is dust colored, I mean, and, and how white is recessive, black is the dominant gene, everything come from black civilization started with dark skinned people, the whole Bible, the whole Bible. The whole Bible full of dust-colored, dark-skinned people. When white skin shows up in the Bible, you tell me, caller, listener, it's frowned upon. It's spoken down at. It's called a type of leprosy. People think you're racist when you say that, but you look and you read it. It's just we're so brainwashed. When we see it in the scriptures, we don't even see it. People looking at Trump, brother, LSU, making those comments, acting a fool, but they didn't see the racism. They saw everything you no. saw. But go ahead. I just no. want to jump in there because it sounded so harsh the way you said that. You know, you, you, you put as much butter and sugar on it as you could. But it is so true, folks. We are born to serve white people. And it's no offense to the white guy across the street or anything like that. He can't help who he is no more than we can help who we are. But we are born and bred and raised to worship whites. We really are. You ever notice when we get a white girl? I'm not knocking interracial marriages. I don't. I, I believe in interracial love. I'm gonna say it again. I believe in interracial love. One more time. I believe that people from different tribes, the races, because uh, uh, I don't believe race based on color, but different ethnos should mix if they're in love and if God ordained. Not a problem. I don't have no problem with that. But what I'm saying is, is when one all your life 
Anybody over 50 years old, think about this, and I'm going to let this brother join right back in because his, his, he got the, the mic tonight. Brother Seth going to chill out. Think about it. When you see people over 50, when they were small, they went day and night, day and night seeing white figures on TV that they loved, cheered, cared for. How could they not be white supremacists? When do we ever learn to be black? That's what I be trying to ask people. When did you learn? Where did you learn to love blackness? Just because James Brown say I'm black and I'm proud, that can last for so long. But to the matter is, we were singing that song and looking for light-skinned girls. It's still he to this day. He got a white man, white wife. Look at even him, right? What my, what I'm. <laughs> What I'm saying is, God showed me. Let's forget about you, caller, you listener. Let's forget about you for a second. God showed me I was a white supremacist. And believe you me, I thought I had a healthy self-esteem. But how can you not? When did I learn to be black? When did I learn to? That's why we have some problems with with Africans. We say something stupid like, I'm not from Africa. We got the same nose they got, same hair they got, same everything they got. And we look at them people in their eyes and say, I'm not from Africa. Some of y'all still saying that crazy stuff. Everybody from Africa. Some later than others. Some earlier than others. But everybody's from Africa. That's where civilization began. And we don't like the Africans. We say they're too black. We say they don't look right. We say they nose ain't right. I'm telling you, we're white people. I've been saying this for many years. We African-Americans are white people. Now, what does this have to do with tonight's show? This brother, he just hit on something called white supremacy. Last week on my family show, I talked a little about Francis Chris Welsing. But this gentleman, Dr. Steve Bannon, that Trump just picked to be his chief strategist. This is his cry. Go to his website, Breitbart, and read on what they believe. They are tired of the browning of America. When they say they want the America back or they want the West back, like the brother was just saying, they want it all white. And I'm going to hand this mic over to him right now with asking everybody one question. Is it God's will that they get what they want if God made people white. And I'm about to get in trouble with everybody I know, but I'm going to say it. I think they have a point, the white supremacist brother, Ellen Shure. They might be right. They don't believe in race mixing, trying to survive genetically. If we believe that God made people white, we should not mix with them. Because our black genes do destroy. They're not they're telling the truth. If black genes, black people mix with white, the baby is no longer white. Them people have a point. If they were white, if God wanted people to stay white, leave them alone, then they are right. If God, this is why we have to be very careful when we say, He made us red and yellow, black and white, we are precious in His sight. That's not true. He made man brown. And when white skin comes, it comes as a result. 
initially, early on, it came as a result of sin. When man became too tall, it came as a result of sin. When man became too short, it came as a result of sin. When women was not able to produce children, it came as a result of sin. And people want to think I'm so harsh when I say that. But if it was God's will to keep people white, why would he make black genes dominant so we mix and marry and fall in love with precious white beautiful women? Why is the baby dark? Why is the white it disappear. In other words, I'm going to say it another way. I'm a little long-winded tonight, but I'm going to say this and I'm done. In other words, let me say it another way. If love and obeying every scripture you ever see from now on, all of us on this phone line, if we forgot about racism and white and black and we just love every single person we saw, treated people based upon character, if that's going to cause white women to find black men desirable, vice versa, and erase a people, then we just sin. The white supremacists say you just sin. The Klansmen, I know they teach this. It's an abomination for you to mix. And the whole basis is because you are genetically annihilating us. But is that God's will? Is it God's will? If it's God's will that he made them white, and he wants them to stay white, then we should mix. They right. But if God don't give a flip about color, and he never wants us to be paying attention, he just wants to love and walk in truth, and if annihilation happens, fine. I've had wives to tell me that. I don't care what color babies are. I just want us to get along, okay? They are not the same white people as banning them, Trump them. Please, there's a lot of information I can add to what you just said that really brings clarity on that. And that is the crust of what we're that's what that is why we're having this conversation. Because you have to understand that is why Donald Trump is president elect, based upon what you just said. Because here's the issue. Let's take that in the opposite direction. White people and we have to use these phrases tonight. If not, we're gonna to get the clarity. We cannot have politically correct uh, governing Otherwise, you won't know what we're talking what about. I'm saying, not saying. Exactly. White people, I'm going to take it to the opposite. The reason why they say we want our nation back was because this was a nation that was specifically selected, chosen, so that they could have a haven, so that they could, so they could somehow reach the zenith. There you go. Of That's their right. Supposed superiority. Now, here's the thing. Because what Seth just said is the is really the crust of what is going on in our nation. Because here's the issue: from their inception to present, white people have expended time, energy, money, violence, death, and murder for the sole purpose of maintaining their race. And propaganda, and you have to and you have to question why would a people have to go to that extent to maintain their race if their race is natural? There you go, boom, boom. That is boom, the issue right here. So oh, what they oh, do? Gotta... Go ahead. Oh, so what they're doing, and everything that they're doing is order to maintain their race. Now let's get back to Donald Trump, and let me pull this in and so you can see it. I, let me give you a little personal testimony here. I had no interest in the election. 
I haven't have had any interest in a presidential election in 20 years. And the reason why come I have not, because that thing that Farrakhan spoke of, that shadow government, I'm fully aware that that, is, that shadow government is what governs the United States of America. It is not your president. Your president is a figure. That's true. He gets That's orders true. from the people who are actually running and controlling this nation. And if they do not, and if they do not comply as a president with what they are determining, then guess what? The result is death. John F. Kennedy died for one very specific ring that he did. It wasn't because he threatened to expose the Illuminati. And for those people who are not aware and think the Illuminati is a conspiracy, well, you need to go to Google, put in the Illuminati, and put in the date that the Illuminati was birthed. The Illuminati was formed in what year? 1776. Three months later, the United States declared independence from England, and by the signing of the Declaration of, an, of the Independence became a sovereign nation. Now, you would say, well, there's no connection other than the year, but the fact is, wow. is that two-thirds of the people who signed the Declaration of Independence were Freemasons. Freemasonry is the, is, the, is, the, is the precursor to the Illuminati. And John F. Kennedy, a sitting president of the United States of America, made reference to them, called them out by name. But the reason why John F. Kennedy was killed, because John F. Kennedy threatened to abolish the same thing that Donald Trump said he was going to do, and that is the Federal Reserve. You now, mess with their now, money, let, they're killed. Now, let me, let me now, say this. There's a lot I got to carry cover, Seth. Let me just go for a while. I, I, I got you, I got you, but I want to jump in every once okay. in a while. Go ahead. Okay, now, here's the thing. When we take that into consideration, now we look at a president-elect whose father was a Klansman, therefore a racist. Now, the reason why, the, that's, and the only way we can understand what's going on is we have to understand who actually voted for Donald Trump. The greatest number of people during the exit polls that they determined who voted for Donald Trump was rural America. Now, why did they vote for Donald Trump? Because those are people who have been dispossessed and disenfranchised by the current governmental system. They are, they are doing what happened in, in Detroit with General Motors, with what uh, Obama did with that. Those people, many of those people lost their jobs. They had worked for General Motors for 20, 30, 40 years. But not only did they lose their job, they lost their pension. So they felt like that the government literally betrayed them, that they committed and gave service to the government, for the, I mean, not the government, but the benefits of the nation, and the government betrayed them. So when Donald Trump starts saying things, that the things that he is saying, then that appeals to them. But there is a correlation between Donald Trump and another politician of yesteryear. And if you go back and if you would study the trend and how the Third Reich came to rise in Germany, it is, it is the exact thing as to what's happening right now in the United States of America. I have a clip because I can't play it right now, but I have a clip from them introducing Donald Trump at a gathering today. And when they introduced Donald Trump, Guess what everybody in the audience said at the meeting of the, of the MC who introduced Donald Trump? Hi, hell Trump. Hell Trump. Sound familiar to you? Yes, it does. Huh. So what you have in the White House when you talk about Bannon, Bannon is a neoconservative. The word neo simply means new, the new conservative. 
And what their biggest interest is is that what they said is that with the with the um, trade treaties, um, shipping jobs overseas to other places, this is their complaint: is that the government has abandoned our nation. And that's why I come. The first thing that Donald Trump said he's going to do when he gets into office is he's going to reverse the most recent trade treaty that has come down because he said it does not work in our behalf, and it doesn't. And that's why I said we have two or three things working at the same time because what you have is you have Donald Trump, who for the most part is what you would consider a good old boy. He's a Klansman. He believes in the old America where white men rule and govern this nation, and everyone else in the nation is subservient to them. And that's when they, when the Tea Party, many of the people in the Tea Party, they have become a part of the neoconservatives. You heard me mention about skinheads, neo-Nazis, the Klansmen, and the fact that you have not seen their presence as prevailing in the society as it had been 10 years ago. The reason why, because they've reformed, they've regrouped, and now guess what? They're actually in the White House, and the first two people that are there of that persuasion is Donald Trump and Bannon. So when you understand that, and, and, now let's go back into history. Go ahead. Now, before you do that, let me just say a little side hold that thought. I got, to, I got to jump in here real quick. Folks, he mentioned a lot of phrases, but a new phrase I want to give everybody to remember is something called the alt-right, alternative right. It's easy to say alternative right. You know, they got right wing, left wing. Okay, here's a new phrase for you, family and friends. Alt-right, A-L-T-right, or alternative right. What that is, that is this conservative, ultra-conservative. This is this new movement. I'm serious. You can Google it. Not everything in Google you can you can you can you can trust, but you're gonna see enough sources that's gonna back up what I'm saying. This is the people that is pushing for what we're talking about. This we're talking about tonight is what they want a white America. I'm telling you, and this the face of this movement is the one and only Steve Bannon, the gentleman that is now chief strategist for Donald Trump. Now let me just say this real quick, and I want him to, I want Brother Ellis to finish where he's going because he's got the floor. Okay, I'm just going to jump in every once in a while. Some people might say, "What does this have to do with Trump? Me, my bills?" Let me tell you some folks. This is the way they're spinning this. This is this may not you may not think it affect you, but this does affect the white person living across the street from you. Now I'm talking about all a lot of white people, okay? Now not everybody's gonna buy into it. Some whites are gonna curse this and not gonna not gonna touch it with a ten feet pole. But this is how they spinning it. Now don't this sound real good when I say this? Well, we don't hate blacks. We we're not racist, but if black people have the right to live and have babies and, and they're everywhere and they're taking over their pot, white people have the right to, to have babies and live as well. That just sound good. And so you would say, well, yeah, don't we have the right? What's wrong with us loving our all white skin? Nothing wrong with that, right? You're not going to tell it. Of course they should love their own, their own selves. You can't deny them that. But here is where it gets tricky, and only those that are listening, really listening to me right now, and not getting bent out of shape because we're saying white and black. Folks, I love all people. I'm a lover, not a hater. I'm telling you. I'm a believer. It's against my religion to hate. But I'm trying to show you something that's demonic in the making. 
this right-wing church, TBN, PTL, I mean, not PTBN, they saw all these people, they, they bind this hook, line, and sinker. These people have exists a right to love their white skin, Seth. You're pro-black, they can be pro-white, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but you don't have the right to try to make, to preserve yourself if it's going to cause sin. And the only way the white skins can survive, they have to sin. I just told you earlier, I just showed everybody earlier, that if we love and obey the scriptures, white people will be genetically annihilated. Well, how do you preserve them? If love erase you, if love destroys the white skin, not the soul of the person, they'll be alive. They just want to have white skin. That's why I don't believe in hatred and murder. They're going to be alive. They just want to have white, white skin is what's in danger, not the person. Not the person. We want the person to live. We're not believing, we're not no police officers going and taking lives. We believe in white survival, but we don't believe that white skin is going to survive if we love and, and, and do what God wants us to do. That is what's becoming genetically annihilated. And folks, you can say what you want to say unless you live in Iowa, somewhere where there ain't no nothing but white people. If you live anywhere else in the metropolitan, I do not believe that white people are supposed to be doing anything to preserve their skin no more than we are to be out here preserving our black skin. What are you doing, black folks, to make sure the babies come out black? You're not doing anything, right? Whites, people, last thing I'm going to say, you do not have the right to participate in any kind of thoughts, actions, any kind of movement to preserve white skin is going to cause you to sin and violate the scriptures because God never intended us to be preserving skin. We're supposed to just love, forget color, and whatever be, let be. And that does mean the annihilation of white skin in certain pockets where there's a lot of mixing. Go ahead, brother. Okay. Uh, I want to go back because I don't know. I kind of got interrupted. I kind of lost my train of thought there. But let me say this: is that I want to go back to initially what we said in the issue in the beginning. Uh, Farrakhan made a reference to Babylon. Uh, I think I made a reference to that in my intro before we had problems with the phone. And here's the thing: is that we have to look at the situation in context. And there are a lot of people right now. They're weary. They're stressed. They're concerned. Uh, there's a lot of elderly people because you know that you have a person in there who's threatening to cut off a number of programs that many people in this nation are relied upon. And it's not like that they are freeloaders. These are people who literally, you know, when we talk about Social Security and things like that, who people who have paid into the system over a certain amount of years, and they have every right to be able to draw that out. Now, what it took, what it, and so right now they're concerned that they're going to lose all of that. And 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 that actually is a very very real concern that's based upon fact and not based upon a presumed fear. It's a reality because what they're going to do and what their objective is, simply put, is that again they want to resort back to the America that existed about mm, I'm 55 years of age, so I would say probably about 35 years ago. Uh, the America even actually before then. So now we get back to the point here of what Bannon is and what he represents. Now, when we talk about rural America, the people who are the majority people who voted in 
president-elect Donald Trump. Uh, second largest vote, well, then we know the greatest number of voters was white males. The second largest number of voters were white females, uh, which also shows what their loyalties is. And I would say to us, we need to take note. Because when it came down to an issue of white females preserving the way of life that they had come accustomed to, they chose that over their sex and their own personal interests. Because they had a woman who was not only who was trying to pursue, but who actually was a Democratic nominee for the president of the United States of America. But they chose not to support her. I don't believe that the reason that they came to that conclusion is because they felt that she was somehow corrupt or what have you, but they were more concerned with preserving their way of life. And that's what this, again, goes back to the thing. Now, if you would correlate this with what took place in Germany back in the 1930s, when Hitler came into power, what was happening at that time is that these were people who were dispossessed. They didn't have jobs. Uh, uh, even bread itself was scarce. So what Hitler did is through industry and through business, just as what Donald Trump intended to do, he was able to build the country up. And the country began to prosper financially all the way up until like 1940, uh, 1939. And all of a sudden, then, but then this is what happened, is what people are not aware of, is that in order for Hitler to do what he was able to do, is that Hitler, the way he was able to do what he had to do, he had to do that through domination. Uh, the first people that he killed were not so-called Jews, but they were Germans who disagreed with his policies. He lined the 400 of them up, and he slaughtered them. Now, remember, I said Donald Trump has, is literally, by all intents and purposes, is a Ku Klux Klan. His father was a Ku Klux Klan. And just like my father taught me the things that, and that which was a part of his experience, well, we can rest assured that his father did as well. And that's the reason why come Donald Trump is a billionaire right now. So now we look at that in the context of blaming being selected as a key strategy. Now, a key strategy is the first Hold on, hold on, hold on. Your, your phone is kind of breaking up or something here. Okay, okay. A chief strategist is actually the one who directs who is the one who gets counsel for the direction that the government or the counsel for the direction of the particular uh, uh, presidency is going to go, this administration. And so as we know already, we know that their leanings is neoconservatism, neo-nationalism. Well, that's the exact same thing in which Hitler promoted. But here's the thing. Just like that system began to fail and began to break down, and then he had to resort violence in order to maintain his control and dominance over the people, we have to understand that that's a great possibility in America. And I would go beyond to say it's a possibility. It, it is a surety. Now, Seth asked the question, and this was the question. Did, did the most high intervene in this election and cause that Donald Trump would be elected and that for some purpose, for some divine reason, he had an agenda in doing that. Well, if that was the case, I would say there's only one agenda, because here's the thing. I listened to the interview with, Don, with, with Farrakhan and um, what's the guy's name again, Seth? I forget because I don't listen to him. Alex Jones. Um, Alex Jones. And over the course of the interview, I listened intently, and I said, there's something that's not quite vibing right. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me clearly. He said, all of these attempts are to do is to maintain America. Even Farrakhan's input and the things that he was saying was all in the direction and in the pursuit of maintaining 
Okay, hold on, hold on. Your phone is your phone is doing that again. Your phone is kind of moving like this, sound like that. So you might, if you're moving around, you might not move around. Okay, and and trying to regain America's so-called past glory. So that's what the intent is. And I have to put this before you because I know there are believers on the line, and I know that everyone uh, has their concerns. There's some that even have fears. And people are listening to this voice and listening to that voice. But I always say this. I became aware of what was taking place during the presidential election, which I had alluded to earlier, not by watching the TV. Guess what? I don't have a TV in my house. And I actually stopped watching TV about a year and a half ago because I realized that the programming that is on television is just that. They're programming you to think on the things that they want you to think on. And so, therefore, I stopped watching it. But now this gets to the point, is that I was not aware of the election. I was not aware of Donald Trump's past and his history and his family history. I was not aware of any of that because I made a point in my life about a year and a half ago and said that I will not consult man before I consult God on any matter again. So not as an initiative of my own initiative that I go and say, Father, what's going on in this election? No. I was literally capped with a vision, and I heard the words that as it is was in the streets of Hitler's Germany, so shall it be in the streets of America. And this is where I come into play, and this is why I'm on this line, because he also said this, and your greatest concern, son, is black America. Because this country, and this is something you don't want to hear, but it is the reality based upon the truth of Scripture and based upon what we know to be believers. You reap what you sow. If you sow sin, you're going to reap death. Uh, it used to be that all of these so-called revisionist Christian historians, I went to ORU, they always said that this was a Christian nation. But I don't hear that said anymore. Because how can you determine and claim that a nation is Christian when homosexuality is legal and protected by the law? So how can you say it's a Christian nation? Well, in my estimation, it never was a Christian nation. And, that's, and that, again, is entwined with the whole dynamics of white supremacy. And now Seth made an allusion to TVN and all these people, but here's the thing. This is nothing new from these churches to come into our churches. And to hold us hostage in the election based upon one issue, and that is abortion. And then what we do is we will vote a man into office who is against abortion, but yet he's a warmonger, and he goes overseas internationally and kills hundreds of thousands of people and wars for nothing but all. You're talking about Bush. But yet we didn't vote. Yeah, not just Bush, Obama too. <laughs> that's yeah. not, that's not, I mean, didn't Obama just, didn't he just make it clear? The reason we went into Syria and the reason we went into Libya is because we want to destabilize those countries, and it was based upon finances. And because what happened is Walmart Gaddafi said that at this point forward, I will no longer accept American dollars for payments for my all. You must pay me in euros or yens, but I will not accept that. And the American, and the American economist knows that if the dollar drops out, the government is gone. We are now a nation who was the richest nation on the planet, and overnight, in a day, we could become the status of a third world nation. Not a developing nation, a third world nation. 
And this is what these things that we're engaged in and involved, this is what it's about. It is trying to preserve this republic because this republic is in trouble. But so be it because that is the word of God. This nation, with, your, with, with Donald Trump's election, if people ask me, what does it mean? It means the beginning of the end. Now, that may cause you some fear, but you shouldn't be fear if you're a believer. Because whether you're in Timbuktu, whether you're in Iraq, whether you're in America, wherever you are, if you are a believer, your future should be secure. But what has happened well, in this nation is that we have become so accustomed to the comforts and the luxuries of this lifestyle that we maintain that we have actually forgotten that we're believers. We don't function or operate like we're believers. Because what has happened is that, simply put, our main objective is taking care of my four and no more and living comfortably, but we forgot that we were given a commission. And we have been soft on that commission. Well, guess what? Uh, uh, please, please don't interrupt me right now. Please let me just... Well, hold on. You've been going for a while thing. now. We're going to have to do, have a little... But i got to jump in there now. I don't want to go back and forth with you to try to determine, but please, just let me flow out. That's why I was quiet when you were talking. I didn't say a word because I wanted to get into a flow, and I'm trying to get in one, but every time I get into one, I get interrupted. But here's the thing, when we, and now, again, I'm also trying to talk that quick. But again, when we consider, when we talk about the issue of the United States of America and what is taking place, and we line that up with Scripture, there is no mystery. And we don't even have to go to Scripture based upon something specific. I said it earlier, you reap what you sow. At what point in time, Christians, at what point in time, church, at what point in time do you think he is going to judge this nation? Because if God does not judge America, then guess what? We need not serve him. Because if he doesn't judge America, his word is a lie. And it also means that he is a hypocrite. Because how can he stand, promote, and give us a law that stands for righteousness? And just like Farrakhan said, every law we make is against his law. So judgment is inevitable. Now here comes the silver lining in the storm. And this is the great thing about it, and this is what I take refuge in, that now we're about to have the greatest harvest of believers in this nation that is going to come into the kingdom. Because now, guess what? They're going to be desperate. They're going to be looking for answers. And nobody can provide answers but those of the kingdom of God. And so that's where we stand strong. So all these people, all the concerns that we're living in fear, that our, 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 our pensions, our social security is going to be taken from us, here's my question. If you're a believer and you trust God, why should that be a major concern to you? Because according to what you said, God is your source. And therein lies the problem. When we go back to the book of Acts, the only time we saw great revival and movement is when the church came under persecution. But the moment that the persecution lifted, the church got comfortable, and they began to dwindle back into mediocrity. And so what would God do? He allowed them to come under greater persecution. And the persecution is what flamed the fires of revival. And that is the civil lining of what's going to happen in this nation. But make no mistake about it. People, my name is Elishua Israel Ellison. I'm on Facebook. If you go to my page today or any day forthcoming, I'm going to be loading it up with the history that correlates to what's going on in this nation and to where we're going. Because simply put, just like it happened in Germany, it's going to happen here. It's inevitable. And it's in the word. 
It's clear. It says, and Seth brought my attention to it, and Farrakhan made a point about the Muslims coming into the nation, and we have, become, and we have become at enmity with the Muslims, but yet now we have refugees that are coming into the nation, which means, guess what? We have the enemy amongst us, the enemy within. And literally, guess what? We have a very grave concern. We should be concerned about that, because now, but here's the concern. You can't stop it. And that's what everybody is rallying to do. And from Donald Trump on down to those who voted for him, and not only those who voted for him, but those who did not vote for him, our main objective is to try and to maintain this republic. But I'll tell you something. You're fighting against God. And just like he told Paul, it's hard to kick against the pricks. And I'll say it the way the scripture said, this hope is coming down. You're going to have to find your place and your position in the kingdom so that you can shine as bright as the stars in the time of darkness. Because now, you got to, you what do you call, mean this hole is coming down? You got to explain. Some people Bible thumpers and, and, and they don't and know. What it means is that if the first thing that's going to happen is going to hit us financially. Because just like, see, here's the thing. Donald Trump is used to governing the business because he has full autonomy and authority. Not in the White House. And the problem is going to be, simply put, is we're going to have internal struggles within our government because we have what we consider a official government, and then we have the shadow government. But the shadow government is that whenever you don't comply with their wishes, it's simply put, they just eliminate you. So am I going to be a prophet of doom and say, hey, don't be surprised what's going to happen within the next six months? I'm not a prophet of doom, but I will tell you that. Don't be surprised what's going to happen in six months. A lot of things we've seen in the past are about to repeat itself. And even with the possibility of what everybody thought was going to happen to Obama could happen on this watch because this man is going to go in and he is going to go against the powers that be because in his naivete, he doesn't understand how powerful they are. And he doesn't understand that these powers that be are not powers that only have allegiance to America. Actually, they have no allegiance to this America. America is standing in the way of their progress because now we have reached the point in biblical prophecy where we are about to find the formulation of what we call the one world government. That's what globalization is about. The powers that be, Obama and the people who have governed the White House over the last 30 years, they are globalists. They, in other words, they believe in international government. That's why they have been making so many attempts to have all these international treaties. But, oh, but Donald Trump is not a globalist. Donald Trump is a nationalist which means that his number one priority and objective is America and maintaining the white privileged way of life. Well, now those two things are about to clash. And I guarantee you the globalists are going to win out. Why do I say the globalists are going to win out? Do I believe they're going to win out because they're more powerful? No. Let me read you something very, very quickly. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of Harlot. And abominations of the uh, earth. Hold on, where you and reading that? Where you reading that? Where, oh, I'm sorry. Where you reading? Thank you for that. Revelation chapter 17, and I just read verse 5 and going to 6 now. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints. I don't have time to go into that, but you might want to try to investigate who those saints are. And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great imagination, with admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her. 
Now, I just made a reference to globalization and one world government. And when I say that, that's a political term. If I say that in a political term, political term I'll just say the The character, which has 70 years to come home. The basic, now, I want to go all the way down because we don't have time to go through all of this shit. Now, verse 12, and the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. Now, when it says has not received no kingdom as yet, that means at the time that John penned this, these people had not come into power because they had not come into existence. It says these have one mind and should give the power and strength unto what? The beast. The beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called chosen and faithful. And he said unto me, the waters which thou sawest were the whole city are peoples, multitudes, and nations, and tongues. If you compare to okay. the energy of Farrakhan, now that I need Farrakhan to confirm what I'm saying, because I can't get understanding without his assistance, but I would say this is that, simply put, we are the world. That's why the UN is here, because we are the world, because we are a nation that has a population from almost every nation on the planet. Every ethnicity on the planet can be found here in America. So, again, and he said unto, the, unto me, the waters which I saw were the whole city are peoples and multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the ten horns which I saw is upon the beach. These shall do what? They shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate uh-huh. and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Now, here's the context. Why are they hating her? They have waxed riches off of her wealth, so why are they now hating her? That's what Farrakhan alluded to as what happened with George Bush. George Bush actually was the one who tipped this off. When we went into Iraq and occupied Iraq. Now we're over there basically taking the oil at the tons of millions of barrels a day. When we went in there, that's when what Farrakhan said about jihad, what we did then is we unified the Muslim world in a war against the West. And we are the epitome of what's considered the West. And that's why come we are the number one target, us and Israel. Yeah, I know Israel is in the Middle East, but it is a Western democracy planted there by this country in Britain. So now, going down to the next verse, I want to see the context. And it says that they shall hate the whore and make her desolate and naked and eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Now, Seth reminded me something that I said years ago when we were in college. And I said that, uni- that the United States, when it falls, it's going to fall from within. And I concur. Because this is what happened. That's what Farrakhan was saying, that if you're letting all these Muslims come in here, and these Muslims are now our enemy, then what you're going to have is you're going to have the enemy within within your own soul. But here's the problem. That's They're true. already here. They're already here. Now, 16, uh, 15, 17, for now. And this is why I say that if you're trying to preserve this republic, if you're trying to keep this ship from sinking, you're fighting against God. 1717, for God, Elohim, Yahweh, Yahweh, however you choose to title him, the Most High, have put in their hearts to fulfill his will. Whose heart is he talking about? Those ten nations, they're going to burn her. And they're going to hate her and destroy her and make her desolate. 
It says, for he hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. We're the most powerful nation on the planet, and the reason why is because we have the greatest military on the planet. And we have been so seducing and beguiling that we have went into other nations and disposed them of their nuclear weapons. And what happened in Libya with Walmart Gaddafi is exactly why come North Korea won't give up their weapons. Because they know that if they give up their weapons, they have no defense against America. And that's why come America is fighting so desperately to keep Iran from getting nuclear weapons. Because actually, they want Iran's oil. And the only thing that is preventing them from, from going after it is they don't know if Iran has nuclear weapons. So when you have a bully on the block, you have to get a stick that's as big as his to keep him off of it. And that's what the nations of the world are now moving to do in order to arm themselves and protect themselves from this great whore, the bully, America. And I'll end this and say this, people, that what we're in is prophetic times. And if you were getting to the scriptures, one specifically, and that is Jeremiah chapter 30. Now, I said that, beginning when I said that the most High tapped me about America, he said that it is not your business to preserve America. It is your, your business, your responsibility, and your assignment to be a watchman on the wall and to be a clarion call to let black America know that, look, we need to seek his face. And we need to act wisely in this time because we're going to be the first people that they come after. So the thing is now, we've been talking our relationship with God. We go to church and we testify among each other in our relationship with God. Well, now guess what? You're now about to be put in a position. You're going to have to live it. And if you can't live it, it's simply put. Call it doom and gloom. I tell you this, as I said on my page, if I am wrong, treat me the way my ancestors treated false prophets. Because I put my life on this because this is what the word of God says, not what political pundit says, not what CNN says, who is owned by the very people who are trying to bring us to our demise. This is what the word of God says. So the thing is, is that guess what? We've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And now we have to seek the face of God. And it's real simple. Farrakhan and Alex Jones had a conversation based upon one thing, truth. And I would tell everybody out here, it's time to stop the religious stuff. It's, stop, it's time to stop trying to protect uh, uh, an entity and get to the book and get back to the Bible and do the directors of the Bible. I'm not trying to preserve Christianity, but I'm very fully committed to the church of Jesus Christ. But I'm not trying to preserve Christianity because Christianity is represented by TBN. Those are the very people who have deceived us and beguiled us and come into our church every election to get us to vote Republican because the Republican Party is the embodiment of white supremacy. Go ahead, Seth. You sure you want me to go ahead, man? Yep. <laughs> You doing good? I'm just listening. I'm just sitting here, just listening, drinking coffee. This is pretty. I was trying to contribute there, but I was just let you run with it. 
But I want to just add this one thing. No, really, you're doing a good job, for real. All jokes aside. Just sitting in the real, drinking a cup of coffee. When I do these shows, no, I'm, I'm the one doing all the talking. But listen, it's good to take a break. Uh, I just want to say to those that's on the phone lines, you got to call the, one, the, the number quickly. If you clicked on this show, clicking on a link, you're going to be disconnected in about a minute. You must call the phone lines. Those of you on the phone lines, don't move, don't move, don't move. This is good. I know it is. I told y'all we was going to be hitting and swinging hard, and we ain't even, we, we, we getting there, but we, we still got some more coming your way, a little bit more Farrakhan. Not some, the, 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 the clips are not that long, but he still is not done. Brother LSU is not done, Farrakhan not done, Alexander not done. So we got some more things coming at you. But I want to just say this really briefly, and then we'll take a little short break and we'll come back. Again, the brother's doing good. Okay? Folks, tonight, if you're on the phone lines and you want to comment, now will be a wonderful time to press 1, and we'll bring you on with the question. We do have the phone lines. Several people is on. Thank you all for staying. I haven't seen one person hang up, so this is always good to see. Now, let me just say this. This show is not just about – it's like threefold tonight. It's, it's, really, it's really twofold. We want to talk about uh, the problem, exposing, exposing. Exposing the lies, deception, ignorance, uh, aggression. And then we want to talk about solutions, okay? You heard the brother hit on it a little bit, turn to the Father. You know, I talked about it a little bit. We're going to hit the solution a little harder. We're going to go let him let him get his breath, and he's going to come back. I'm going to let him just do the whole thing. I'm, I really am. I'm just going to let him just do this show because he's doing a good job. Okay, I'll just jump in here once in a while when I get something. But I just want to say this one thing. There are Christians, right-wing Christians, and I've been trying to do this show with them in mind because as soon as we hang up, one of these Christians is going to get a hold of y'all, and they're going to say something like this. You know, I don't think Trump is terribly wrong. I mean, what's wrong with whites uh, surviving? And, and why should our race have to die out because people are having too many babies and blacks are having their welfare? You're going to hear these kind of arguments. Uh, um, you, you're going to hear these kinds of arguments. And they are going to make sense to some degree. I'm letting you know this. You got to think ahead before they even come to you. You heard the brother. He is on judgment. Brother LSU is talking about what America has done. He's on the same vein as Farrakhan. Farrakhan is talking about what America has done. Things is coming your way. Judgment is at the door. That's what Brother LSU was just saying. And I think we should go in there a little, a little further. Because people have got to understand what's happening. How did that man become in office? I think it's the father is behind all this, and I think it's time. We, Our people, we're about to go through something. And what we're going to go through is going to be a lot of pain. I don't mean to be gloom and doom either. I don't believe in preaching like that. But I'm telling you, family and friends, there is something about to happen. We have got white supremacists in the White House. Can you believe it? Donald Trump actually won the presidency. His family is Klansmen. Can you believe it? And if you have any doubt about Donald Trump, not a problem. Go look up Steve Bannon. 
Breitbart, what they talk about. Go look up this alternative right. What is that about? This is a new wing. Now, left wing, right wing is called alternative right. They are warning America back white. It's all about white preservation. And tonight we're just hitting that hard. And again, I got a question for my white brothers and sisters that are listening to this show. Because I know they're going to be listening, Brother Elishua. And I want to ask you a question, you white Christians. Where in the Bible do you have the right to preserve white skin? You're supposed to love. You're supposed to forget color. I just got an email not too long ago from a from a cousin. No matter who it is, and and I and I and I want to talk to her because I think maybe I could be wrong. She'll let me know. But uh, I think she missed an understanding. All this talking about white and black, and and she thinking I'm angry or something like that because it was Ephesians. I think it was. Uh, and this, I appreciate her doing what she did. She sent me something because she thought I was in error. And that's what you should do to people. You should send them scriptures and say, Brother, listen, the scripture says this, and I think you're a little bit in, in anger. So kudos to the family member that thought enough of me to send me the scriptures. But she sent me the scriptures, Brother Elishua, Ephesians 4, 25 to 32. And it says things like, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. It says things like forgive each other uh, as Christ forgave you and don't get rid of bitterness and anger. And what I want to say to her is this, uh, if this is what she's perceiving, I, I hope I got it right. I could be wrong. She could be thinking about something else. But I think she, people are hearing me say things like, and you too, brother, they're hearing us say things like white and black, and they're hearing us angry, angry. And I do think there's a godly anger that we should have, Brother Elishua. We should be happy and just sit back and let this man, you know, there's some there's some crookedness. Uh, we've heard that, Brother, uh, I mean, uh, on our family show, Brother Elishua, we had a, a politician. He, uh, one of my cousins was saying he's, he, he's not a politician, but he works a lot in the precincts and stuff. And he was letting us know that NAACP is saying that a lot of votes weren't counted. A lot of Hillary votes weren't counted. So we don't know how this man made that office. So, but we do know one thing: our young boys are being disproportionately shot by police. So all kind of hate crimes going on ever since Trump became president, and that's what this show is about, fam. I'm about to hand the mic back over to you, brother. But I'm just saying, tonight people are tuning in for all kind of reasons. I put out there that we're gonna be talking about Steve Bannon. We're gonna be talking about racism. We're gonna be talking about the the, the fear. There's a lot of fear, Brother Elishua. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of people that don't know. There's a lot of spirits are heavy, heavy. They don't know they're uncertain, especially immigrants. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. So I want to put this show out there to put some hope out there. So before we go, family, we got a Brother Elishua. I already talked about some hope. He said turn to God. Live for God, not necessarily church, but to get into the Father. And I'm just I'm I'm challenging those white supremacists out there, Brother. And I'm saying, because... We can say what we want to say. These people got a serious argument. They feel that they have the right to preserve their own people. And there is no way they can preserve white skin without sinning, without violating scriptures, without disobeying. And, Brother Elishu, I know you're on one vein, but I want to ask you a question. 
what do you got to say to all those black folks that voted for Trump? I mean, what do you think their issue was? What, what, what happened with them? Didn't they see the racism for over a year? How, how are they going to stand with God? I mean, what's your take on that? Well, when we understand what the Republican Party is about, it's really not complicated. The Republican Party has always been about the promotion of wealth in, econo- wealth in the economy in the United States of America. That's why they elected Reagan and kept him in there for eight years. That's why George Bush was in there for eight years, because the Republican Party has been known for the party that, that, is, that used to produce jobs and produce wealth. And so what has happened is that if you – this, this is a common trend. Most people who become Republicans who are black are usually middle class or upper middle class. And the reason they vote along those lines is simply put. I'll put it right out there. It's selfish as hell because you're voting only for the best interest of you and yours. You're not considering the fact of what this type of government and the policies that they put down and the impact it has upon Ooh. other people. All you're thinking about is you. And that's why they vote along those lines. And, and, and I know you probably say, well, why did you say that? Because I'm going to go back to what your cousin sent you. She said Ephesians 4. I like to read scriptures in context. You know, all day we're supposed to walk in love. I can sit down and talk. I've, I've talked this. I've had these same discussions with white brothers and sisters. But this is one thing I hope, so I'm glad you went to that scripture. Ephesians 4.25, work for a put-away line. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. But we're members one of another, and it's time for us to stop lying to each other. It's time for us to deal with the truth. And I would say because I'm sorry, but a lot of these ministers are not dealing with the truth. And the reason why they're not dealing with the truth is the same thing Donald Trump said in regards to these politicians. They're being brought. And for them, I say that they're selfish too, because what they're doing is they're neglecting the care and the concern of the people for their own self-interest, and they don't want to tell them the truth because the truth is controversial, and sometimes they think it incites division. Well, here's the thing. We were not called to be held and unified in lies. We were called to be separated in truth. Well, listen. Again, and I think we're doing a good job. I just want to just keep hitting it. We're going to we're going to go on that, that solution. I want to take a little short break, short short break, and I want to play a couple of clips from Farrakhan. We really is talking about judgment. Same stuff. The brother saying the brother is not copping off Farrakhan. By the way, y'all, he didn't even know about this interview, so he is not copping. These are two different people, two different angles. He's not a Muslim. Farrakhan is a Muslim, although he, I think he's an uh, undercover Christian. But anyway, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. He, he preaches from the Bible more than he does the Koran. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But, folks, listen, this is serious. I want you all to hear this little clip of this man, and we're going to take a little short, little break. We'll be right back, okay? I'm enjoying this, brother. I'm sure other people are as well. We hitting it, I think. We had a little trouble at the beginning, but we started off slow, but we, we, we ain't finished, y'all. We'll be right back. Oh, 
Nobody's talking about the future of black people, the future of the indigenous, the Native Americans. This country, the original sin of America, is the destruction of over 120 million native people. And when Master Farad Muhammad came, there was only 2 million Indians left. Millions of us were brought out of Africa, not to be citizens, but to be made burden bearers of the real citizens. So our sweat and our blood made America rich so that immigrants could come over and find the American dream on our nightmare. So if Mr. Trump, and I believe he's bold enough, if he knew how much God is interested in the future of black people, not that he's not interested in the future of all people, but he's interested in the future of black people for this reason. You know, there's not a Jewish person that suffered under the Holocaust could come home to their mom or dad with a German as a boyfriend or girlfriend. Not right away. Time had to erode the pain of what the Holocaust really was. But black people, no matter what we have suffered up to this very moment, we have never been spies for any foreign government against America. We have never risen up as a force against the tyranny that has been imposed on us by our government. We have fought in every war from the Revolutionary War all the way up to the last war that there was in the Gulf. And we have never turned against our country. We have a heart, Mr. Jones, of forgiveness, a heart that today we can love those who have done us so much evil. So God wants to use us. That kind of heart. And that's what I said on the mall. Thomas Jefferson and the early writers of the um, Declaration of Independence, they knew that slavery was wrong, but they had it. And Thomas Jefferson made this statement, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice will not sleep forever. So we've arrived, Mr. Jones, at a time when what people have sown all of us, we have to reap. America has sown some terrible things. And in a time of reaping, 
That's why I know that the present powers, they don't love the American people. They don't even love their own children because the scripture says prepare slaughter for the children, for the iniquities of their father because somebody has to pay for the evil that the government And that was the last clip we'll play tonight of Farrakhan, but uh, you can go to YouTube and hear it in its entirety, in its entirety. I have uh, just been kind of reading over this scripture that, again, a family member sent me, and I uh, think it bears reading again because uh, she may be on to some presenting this. Again, this is Ephesians. This is Ephesians, family, uh, 4, 25-32. And I have a cousin, I think she thought, you know, that possibly, and I, I'm just, just not innocent. I very well could have been getting into the flesh and getting into a little anger. And, you know, the Bible says be angry, but sin not. You know, anger is a characteristic. If it's, excuse me, if you anger about sin, I don't think you never go wrong. If you anger about sin, there is a godly indignation that we all supposed to have. Folks, we're being mistreated. Our boys are getting shot down by the police in the streets. And I'm going to bring them, go back to the phone answer a little bit to Brother Elisha. But before I bring them on real quick, we are suffering. And I just, it's, it, listen, folks, you ain't got to wait. If you follow the news, it's already picked up. I had a gentleman that came on CNN not too long ago, and he said that he feels like Obama, I mean, uh, Trump should go on nationwide TV immediately and just put a stop to this whole, he's going to send people back because in California they have a major problem in the school systems of kids telling teachers, you can't teach me because you're going to be sent back. You're an immigrant. You're going to be sent back. You don't even know if you're going to be here. And when a child tells you that and you really are an immigrant and and you don't know, how can you how can you say anything to them? They're telling kids that. Kids telling kids that. White supremacists, you know, another cousin sent me a clip of a KKK saying some crazy stuff. Straight up KKK member made of audio and just sent it out to, to a lot of people. All I'm saying is this, folks. These people, this is why I did not want Trump in because Hillary is a devil. In a lot of ways, not a, I'm not going to say she's a devil, but she's devilish in some ways. I understand that, but we survived the cleanse already before, okay? But this man, this man, Trump, is sending by his actions, he is secretly, with, by just by his demeanor and actions and words and that, he's telling every, every white supremacist it's okay. But then to take it to another step, and feel that White House, it's not just Steve Bannon, but Steve Bannon is the one we have the most concrete white supremacist activity on. And, you know, you heard the brother talking about his family being white supremacist, uh, being KKK. Folks, these family, these, this, this, this regime want their nation back, and 59 million people is feeling the same way. These ignorant, and I'm sorry, yes, I think they're ignorant, I just don't use that word, but I think black people that voted for that man is just ignorant. They just not learned. They don't do what Brother Elishua has done in research, because there's no way in the world you should hear somebody talk about an immigrant and think, yeah, that's them immigrants, but not for us black folks. We're going to put you in, Trump. If he talking about immigrants like that, he talking about you like that. When we make America great again, he's not including you. 
But we're so ignorant. We just, I don't want to hear about that black and white. I don't hear about that black and white. You know, people are just so offended by the word black and white. We have to say black and white on this phone line because we're the ones that's being oppressed. The oppressor don't have to use the word black and white. You never hear white talking about black and white because they're the ones that's afflicting the pain in most cases. I'm talking about whites in power, that is. So before I go back to the phone lines, I just want to say again, folks, we have, tonight we have attempted to expose, 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 and so has Farrakhan. And we have also given some solutions. Second Chronicles 7.14 is another solution, that if we as a people would turn to the Father, he said, Second Chronicles say, if my people, that's us, which I'll call by my name, there ain't but one nation on this planet called by his name. People might be believers inside of different nations here and there, but there's only one nation that's called by his name, and that's Israel, Israelites. If my people, which are called by my name, will, number one, here we go, friends and families, a solution. My people, if you're an Israelite, African-American, one of the lost tribes, is what we believe. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves, number one, pray, number two, Seek my face, number three. Turn from their wicked ways. You got pray, seek, turn, humble themselves. If you do these things, the Father promised to restore you. And Psalms 91 say he's that dwelt in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There is a place you can be in trusting and getting to know the Father, not church per se. You should enhance it if it's a good church. But folks, we are submitting to you tonight that what is about to come down this pipe is really going to be straight up oppression. It's already happening. It's not even unprophetic we got to be here. It's already happening to us right now. I've just just saw before I came on the show that some police departments having to hire more because the hate crimes is up in this city. Hate crimes are up, is up in that city. We're not just making this stuff up. Go online, folks. Turn off the TV and investigate. Hate crimes are up right now. If this president's on gold nationwide TV and tell everybody to chill out, we're going to look up. This thing is going to be snowballing. It's serious, serious, serious. No, I'm not trying to scare anybody. We ain't trying to do no no, no fear-monging. This is serious, serious, serious. They want their country back, and it looks like they, well, at least they think they're going to get it back. Anyway, let's go back to the phone lines. Eric code 817 Seven oh, brother LSU, you back? Just had to kind of lay that little foundation, but go ahead and put some final touches on that. Again, if you would, if I could ask anything of you, if you could just kind of put some solutions out there, because I think folks already know this is a wicked place, and that's not being negative, that's not being um, uh, um, cursing America. It's just it's in your face. Uh, our, our country need God right about now. It's, it's not. It's a great country. We got to be realistic, brother LSU. It is a great country. Lots of education, lots of opportunities, strong military. You know, uh, but I'm saying, morally speaking, we're in trouble. Especially if we just put some white supremacists in the White House. Go ahead, brother. Seth, my brother, you know who you're talking to, and if you expect me to agree with you to say America is a great country. Uh, Christ would be back before I agree with you on that. America is a great country at the expense of a much depth and destruction around the world. 
A lot of people pay the price of death for the main, to main, for us to maintain the way of life that we have. So in that sense, I would never say America is a great country. I'll tell you well, what the Bible on. says. America, uh, let, let me tell you why I say that. I'll tell you what the Bible says. Hold up. Let me say what the Bible says. The Bible says it's a wicked country. She is a whore, and the nations of the world have become drunk and seduced with the wine of her fornication. Never out of my mouth will I ever say America is a great country, because when I say great, I think in terms of righteousness. I think in terms of truth. I think in terms of honorability. And this country, when you look at its past and its history, Ain't nothing great in the sense of, of righteousness, truth, honorability. Many people, bloodshed have been, have been shed for this country in order to be called, quote, unquote, a great country. In the education Well, state, I know what you're like in terms of morals. I know what you're trying to just well, say. I know, I know what you mean in terms of morals. We believers. How are we going to determine greatness? We all of a sudden need the world standing to greatness? Okay. I, I, I know what you're saying in terms of morals. You're right. But even the very scripture you're quoting, Revelation 17, it says that she, all the nations will have waxed well through her. You can't do that unless you go. Oh, no, I, know I know what you're saying in terms of morality, she's not great. But if you have made the nations of the world wealthy, oh, yeah, you're great. In the area of having it, it might be stolen goods. It may be slave labor bought. It may be uh, in the red or trillion dollar deficit. But these people ain't coming over here for nothing. No, they're coming over here for our sin. They're coming over here for our sin. She's that's great what I'm saying. That's why the Thank you. That's what she did. She's great in sin. She ain't great anything else. They come over here for our sin. And the reason why I come, we even we as a people have such a dependence and we're so connected to this nation, we don't want to deal with it. It's because we live in a nation where sin runs rapid and free, and there is no limitation on it. And that's why I come people, if the, if the Bible says that the world will become darker and darker, then wouldn't it by reason discover that we would go to a nation where the darkness is greater? And that's why some people are drawn to America. Them people come over here for the same reason their brothers and sisters are being murdered in the street for wealth. We have Arabs that come over here. Yeah, we went over there, bombed them, took their all, but then they come over here. Why do they come over here? For wealth. The greedy whores, just like America. As I said, I'm sorry, people. I am at a point in my life, and I've seen too much death and destruction that's going on in this nation, and I am too grieved and vexed for my people to sit up and give you fairy tales tonight. If I can't give you the truth, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And when we talk about the next phase and stuff, oh, my goodness, where you on point when you played that song, next phase, because we still have not completely finished the issue of why we're in this situation and what's going to happen with us. We talked about white people. We talked about the nation. We talked about the government. We talked about globalization. But we have yet to talk about the most important people, as far as I'm concerned, to this conversation, and that is black people. Explain actually, what you mean by most actually, important people. Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, matter of fact, I'm not going to tell you the scripture to tell you. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, 
lest they multiply, and it comes to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies, the Muslims, and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, put them in Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Now, I know we said we're going to talk about Israel and talk about who's Jews. And for those people who are not convinced, I would ask you to please go back and archive Seth's shows. He did three shows on the whole issue of Jews. And I would ask you to go back and archive and listen to those shows. I've done about 30 shows on the whole concept of Jews. Right. Right. So there's a plethora of information there. And when you understand who we are, it really brings us into concept. And, I mean, to context. Then I would say we have understood. Because, again, the first people that are going to come after us is us. Because, again, for two reasons. One is that, we, is that biologically we represent the greatest threat to their existence. But not only that, you know what Scripture said? They grew. They waxed strong. Forbes list, Forbes 400 now, when you pick up that magazine, 400 richest people in America, <laughs> we, make up about a, we make up about 25% of that. Did you know that? And if you think that, and that's just like they were upset at Obama, they said, I want my country back. I want the country back. In other words, what's your country? A country that's ran by white men. We don't want no nigga telling us what to do, governing us. And that's why come the whole Congress, instead of agreeing and working with Obama, they fought against Obama. Not because they felt that his plans and, and, the, and the policies that he wanted to put forth were wrong. No, they fought against him because he was black. And we don't want to acknowledge that he say that. But if we're going to deal with, you know, fairy tales and stuff, hey, let's go turn the TV back on. But we're going to deal with you. Let's get down to the real matter. <laughs> and that's really why they, that's why they worked against him, because they wanted to see him fail miserably. But yet, even through all of that, he was still able to, to, to be able to achieve a certain degree of success during his presidency. And now this is what this is about. And that's why come they're killing our black men in the streets. Because it's real simple. I, oh, SMU, Dallas, Texas. Flyers all over the campus. Ten reasons why you should not date a black man. And all the reasons was about as negative and as bad as you can be. Now, here's the thing about Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump's existence as the president is now giving license to all of the undercover racists and all the undercover yeah. white supremacists who have went undercover. Now, they're supposed to come back out. They're supposed to come back out of hiding. And that's what you just alluded to about all of these now reports where they're having, you know, uh, all these yep. hate crimes that are taking place just within the last two weeks, people. So get ready. So like I said, that's what now. One more scripture, and because this scripture is very, very, very important. And Seth, that's actually the scripture that you asked me about today, and I couldn't find it because I was looking in the wrong book. It is Jeremiah chapter 30. <clears throat> now, for those of us who are already convinced 
that we are Israel, and there's no other people on the planet who fits the description of what Israel would go through as a result of Deuteronomy 30 and falling away from the Most High. There's no other people on the planet, and it's showing some Europeans over there and what Palestine is and what they now call Israel. They sure not Jews. They don't fit the description. They don't fit the biblical description, and they're Europeans, and you cannot be a Gentile and be a Jew. That's an oxymoron. The two don't go together. Okay, Isaiah chapter 30. I mean, Jeremiah chapter 30, uh, verse 5. But thus says the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling. That's what a lot of people are doing right now, of fear and not of peace. Ask you now and see whether a man doth prevail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into pale? Come on. Especially in the hood. You see the brothers walking around? What are they doing? Walking around holding themselves. That's what the scripture's talking about. <laughs> you don't see white boys doing that. <laughs> Hold on a second. Where is that found at? That is Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 6. I'm about to use it's that. Ask you now and, and ask you now and see whether a man does prevail with child. In other words, you're not in childbirth, so why are you walking around holding yourself like that? That's why you see every man with his hands. I gotta read that now. I'm gonna read that right now. (laughs) It says, "Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail, and all persons' faces turned into paleness? Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Who is Jacob? Jacob is Israel, and Jacob his name was changed to Israel, right?" And 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 and, 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 and went into captivity. As a matter of fact, I just need to throw this in. If you're going to read Luke twenty one nineteen, and the Messiah is talking to the apostles and to the disciples, and they ask him what will be the sign of his coming and when would all the things take place that he had been talking about, he told them what would happen. He ended at this. He said, Jerusalem would trodden down by the would be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time or the rule of the government of Gentiles has been fulfilled. So yes, we have Gentiles over in Jerusalem. That's prophecy. But guess what he said about Israel? He said until that time we would be in captivity. He said Israel, the Jews, That's good. the true Jews That's good. would be in captivity. Repeat that. So Repeat that. I know somebody can that one more time. Right. He said, and, and, and it's, in, it's in Matthew, it's in, I think, Luke, matter of fact, let me pull it up. I like to do, no, I no, like no, 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 I'll look it up. I can look, hold on, hold on. Okay. Jerusalem, I'll look it up. I think it's Luke 2119. Okay, I think it's Luke 2119. And he said, he told them all the things that would take place at before the sign of his coming. He talked about woes, and he said this. He said, in Jerusalem, will be trodden down. The word trodden, when you take it, that's one of the English translations, the word that they chose, what it literally means is to be governed and be ruled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles have been fulfilled. And he said in Luke 21, you, 24, 21, Okay. Okay. And he said, and you shall be taken captive to every nation. <laughs> you know what? So, uh, it's real simple. Mm-hmm. We've been. I have over three hundred scriptures, and that's just another one to put on, on the 
belt, and the other one you gave me, Jeremiah 30 and 6, about the young man holding himself. That's crazy. And I know oh. that's, I mean, I, I haven't, I want to research it, like really look at the whole chapter, but I know that's what it's saying because you got 300 other scriptures saying the same type of thing. Isaiah 52, 42 and 12, I believe, where it says young men to be standing on the corners or it says standing at the head of all the streets. They lie at the head of all the streets as wild bulls and nets. Well, listen, brother, we got to tune this down. I'm going to let you go ahead and just wind it down in your own way, but we got to wind this down. But family, listen, okay. I hope y'all listen to that. Before he give his last words, I hope y'all are really listening. Trump isn't a great idea. If you voted for him, ask God for forgiveness. You know, it's no different than voting for Hillary. I don't think, I think she's just... I think I think it's just a sad day in America that we had those two people. You know, it was a bad final two. I don't know how it happened. But folks, listen, Trump, Hillary, we survived the Clintons. All they was going to do is just keep Obama stuff in place. And, you know, so what they, the church, like Brother Ellis said, they only go by two things. He said one thing, but it's actually two. They go by gay rights. And they go by abortion. If you are against gay rights and against abortion, the, the, the right wing will endorse you if you're white. If Obama would have switched up, it would have been against a, a gay rights. They wouldn't. Have, I don't think the right wing would ever endorse. I kind of wish he was just to see. But I already know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with white people. Again, they call it the alternative right. These people. This is a new thing I'm putting out there for your family and friends. The alternative right me is a new group of people that are looking to keep America white. That's their main foundation. Go research it on your own. Steve Bannon is one of the biggest voices out there. Brother Elishua, appreciate you stopping by, man, and sharing these things. I want you to give the final words, and I think we have given some solutions to the people. We've exposed the enemy because some people, you can't solve no problem until you even see what the enemy is. And some people do not think Trump is that bad. If I would give him a chance, give him a chance. This man is already, if he don't go on national TV and retract half that mess, he is sending this nation. He's already put out a clarion call, and these white supremacists already started on us. And we need to pray, yeah, yeah. folks. We need to get close to God. We need to fast and pray. I'm, I know I'm sounding super spiritual, holier than thou. I, I don't have it together like that, but I'm telling y'all, it is not no time to be out here trying to sell no weed, be out here in no clubs, no strip joints. This is time. This is like back in Jim Crow time. This is not no time to be out at night. I'm just, I ain't trying to scare nobody. I know you have faith. Some of y'all got to work at night. I work at night. But I'm saying, ladies, it's not no time to be out after dark. We got to start thinking about safety. It may be some people might need to own a weapon. If you don't know how to pray, you think all this is spooky, you don't believe in none of this stuff we're talking about, well, you just better learn how to do karate or something. Or have something. You better go learn how to farm because we're in the middle of a war. It's a war against people of color. They want their country back. I don't know how many times we're going to say that tonight. They want their country back. These people want their country back. And they have the law on their side. We have a strong solution for them, but we have to submit to that solution. That is the most high. Brother Elisha, go ahead. Finish it up, please. Okay. I want to finish with the scriptures, and that's it, because in the scriptures in itself is the answer is the solution and the hope. 
And I think I stopped at verse 6. I'll pick up the 7. Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it. It is in the time of Jacob's, Israel's, black folks' trouble. Yeah. But, Scripture says it right there, you shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. What did, what did Farrakhan just say? All the people who came over here and partake of the so-called American dream, we made that possible. Our lives, our labor, our blood made that possible. Never forget that. The very White House that Donald Trump is going to be setting in in January, we built it. Don't ever forget that. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. And if therefore fear thou not, O servant Jacob, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar, and thy seed from the land of captivity. And Jacob shall return, and shall be in rest, and be in quiet, and none shall make him afraid. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, though I make a full end of all nations, whether I have scattered thee. Yet I will not make a full end of thee. So it's not just that to happen in America, people. It's just to go down worldwide. He says, I will make a full end of all those nations. Because we're but I will not it ain't make an end of thee. That's right. That's right. It ain't us. We're scared you know, of the folks. Uh, it's Israelites in South Africa. We, that's a whole other Bible study. And they're going through the same thing. But the most popular of the tribes is Judah because we're in the most um media field, everybody, the spotlight is on this country, and that's why we're highlighted. But no, this persecution of us is going out throughout the four corners to wherever Israelites are at. We're not the only ones, but we just, again, the light, the spotlight is on us, the whole Wall Street, everything is, 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 is centered around us because, again, who we are. So listen, brother, again, again, thank you. Right, absolutely. This Hello? is Egypt. Let me read this last scripture because of where. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Let me read this last scripture because of where we at. That's why I come right now. The spotlight is on us. It says, "But I will correct thee in measure, and will not leave thee altogether punished. For thus saith the Lord, thy thy bruise is incurable, and thy wound is grievous." I mean, think about it. You know, we've been here 400 years. The Hispanics come in, pull their resources, come together, and they be successful. But yes, we as the people, we're still struggling. It says, "There is none to plead thy cause." And that's another thing. All these so-called leaders, including a lot of these pastors, they have neglected us. They have not prepared us for what's to come because they continue right. to repeat and echo the same thing that's given to You're them right. from them white churches. And they have not prepared us for what's to happen. That thou mayest be bound up, that thou, that thou hast no healing medicine. Here you go, right here. All thy lovers have forgotten thee. They seek thee not. I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy with the chastisement of a cruel one for the multitude of thy iniquity because thy sins were increased. Now, go all the way down so I can end this here. <clears throat> Verse 17, for I will restore health unto thee. I will heal of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, this thine whom no man seeketh after. Thus saith the Lord, behold, in the last verse, matter of fact, I'll just leave it right there. 
I'll leave it right there because I don't want to get into other things because I because I don't have time to explain it. So I don't want people to leave in confusion. Well, but I would just say, people, is this, and this is my last words: is this, is that God has not forsaken us, and that our God is strong, and that the Word has declared that the people who know, who know, who have an intimate fellowship relationship with Him, those people will be strong and do great exploits. So I say to you, Israel, fear not, for God is with thee. And I'll tell you like God told Joshua, be strong and be very courageous and meditate on that book day and night because the days are coming now that you're going to need that clarity. You're not going to be able to hear no other voices. Got to make sure you hear the voice of God, and it ain't spooky. You can call it religious. What Seth said is absolutely right. Back up from the table. We're too corner anyway as Christians in America. We're probably the corner of Christians in the world. Back up from the table. Deny a meal. Get on your face before God and put turning into them TV shows and turning on the news and running to hear this preacher and running to hear that teacher. It's time for you to hear God for yourself. Thank you, Seth. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being on, brother. And I'm going to go ahead and meet your lines because I'm, I'm rushing out of here, too. But uh, you did very good, man. It's always good to have you over. So we'll, we'll do it again sometime soon, all right? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, peace. Shalom, my brother. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom, Israel. Well, listen. That's Brother LSU. He's on Facebook. You get a hold of me. I also do the Israel Now show and different things. Holler at him. Listen, I know some of y'all are thinking this. Uh, he read all them ancient scriptures, but that ain't relating to us. Remember, Deuteronomy 28, verse 46 says, Israel, these things are going to be upon you. And did he use the word that connects 2016, 2017 to that ancient time? Moses is on the mountain, he talks to the real Israelites, he says, and these things will be upon you. He named all these blessings that they obey, and he named all these curses. This brother just read to you the different prophets, what they were saying to them, Israelites, when they was in captivity. But remember what Moses says, blessings, all these unique curses is going to be upon Israel forever. So when you read those ancient scriptures, they do relate to 2017. Wherever Israel is at, they're going to be going through the same thing they went through in ancient times. If they're obedient, they're going to be getting the blessings. If they're disobedient, they're going to be getting the curses. But he read some scriptures that said that the Father would have mercy. That brings me to the final thing I'm going to do. And I'm going to play a song. Y'all are going to be shocked that I picked this song. But it's talking about dancing with the Father. And although Luther is talking about his father, I want y'all to think about your father, your heavenly father, in, in the reunion and getting back with him after this strong oppression come from the Most High. So I want y'all to just think about this song and uh, apply it to Israel. And uh, I will see y'all on next week. I know a family is listening. Again, family, next week will be a family show. And those friends of Five Smooth Stones, remember, we don't have another show until two weeks from now because next week will be the Douglas Candy Family Friends Network. The following week after that will be another special show. But check this out. I know it's a secular song, but this is so much related. Y'all got to get in the spirit now for this one because it's going to be a little awkward. This is how it used to be with Israel 
and their father. It's a love story. It really is. It's all about us, a God and his people. Love every single one of y'all. There's nothing you can do about it. This is our song about our, I don't know what he's talking about, but this can apply to Israel and the love the Father has towards us. Just, just look at the scriptures and and you'll see it. It's even in uh, Song of Solomon. Again, that mirrors the relationship between Israel and the Most High. Good night. And awake Zion. Awake Zion. Put on thy strength. Zion is Israel. Awake Zion. Put on thy strength. Good night. Sometimes I'd 
dance with 